Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. Have your Bibles, raise them up and say, this is, no, nah, that's, that's Sunday. It's a powerful declaration, by the way, for those of you. I mean, how many of you understand? We know declarations are powerful because we're seeing the breakthrough in the finances around here. You know that that's part of revival too, right? God not only wants to revive you spiritually, he wants you to prosper in all facets of life. So it's in your finances, your relationships, emotional, mental, all those great things. <clears throat> I'm starting a series tonight called, it's simple, deliverance. But I want to talk about some subjects and things that maybe we don't hear a lot about. Maybe sometimes it's not mentioned so much because when you really get down to the nitty-gritty aspects of Christianity and, and the message that the gospel that Jesus preached about, he dealt with believers in a lot of different scenarios. Um, one of those is in the book of John chapter 8. And you read that. Look and see who he's talking to. He's not talking to lost people when I read this scripture setting in just a moment. But if you got your Bibles, um, I really go to John 8, 36 first. And then um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read Mark 5. But I want to start here in John 8, 36. So um, we've heard this a thousand times. More than likely, if you've been in church at any length of time, you've heard this, this uh, read and, spoke, and, and spoken about. But what I'm going to ask you tonight is I want you to go home. Don't take every word I say. Go home and read. You read to show yourself approved, okay? Some things that I'm going to talk about tonight are some things that are going to be challenging. But I'm telling you, as I have personally studied them for myself, uh, listening to voices that have seen the, the, the demonstration of the gospel take place, these are, this is going to challenge you as it should. Because God loves you too much for you to remain the same and stay comfortable. Amen? If, if, you're, if you're at a place where you're lukewarm and you're riding the fence or if you're on the fringe or you're at, you, you just have, you're, you're spiritually lethargic, there's no life to you, that maybe, maybe it's not the inner work, not, maybe it's not so much you're, you're, you've scheduled yourself to the point to where you can't do anything. You're just, well, I'm just too busy for this and this. That could be a lot of it, but maybe there's something else working behind this, and we want to address it, all right? So this is my core on Wednesday nights. Adult and Teen Challenge, you're my core. You guys, y'all are, y'all are family as well. So get, I mean, I'm just telling you, buckle up. You ready? All right, John 8, 36, Scripture says, so if the sun sets, one, one uh, translation says makes you free. If the sun sets you free, you are truly free. When you back up and read the context of this section of Scripture, Jesus was talking to Jewish believers, not people that were lost, not people that were in need of, of salvation. Salvation, yes, and I'll give you a definition for it in just a moment. But he was talking to believers. And by the way, 
if people say, well, I just don't feel it anymore, are you a believer or are you a feeler? Did God call, are we feelers? No, we're believers. So stop thinking that you've got to feel something all the time because sometimes you're not. You go through seasons where, but you just have to, that's where you have to get scripture and devour it and know in your knower, I've never been left alone. He's right here. He's with me right now. As I read scripture, he's showing up to transform me right now. It's a, it, so stop, don't, don't rely so much on your feelings because they will lie from time to time. But now God does use them, okay? All right, we're made in his image and likeness, which means that he's emotional. He's an emotional God, so are we, all right? You have a mind, will, emotions. Okay, so we read that. Now flip over to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Um, it'll be on the side screens. And I'm going to read. You're going to get your Bible reading in tonight. I'm going to read this, this, this section right here from 1 to 20. So here we go. Verse 1 says, they came, this being the disciples, they came to the other side of the sea into the region of the Gerasenes, or if it's the Gadarenes, depending on what translation you have. It says, when he got out of the boat, immediately, say immediately, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs. He was living in the cemetery, and no one was able to bind him anymore, not even with a chain, because he had often been bound with shackles with chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. This was not a figurative thing. This was literal. He was, he was literally possessed, all right? Says, constantly night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and cutting himself with stones. That's a, that's a big problem right now with Gen Z. Cutters. Really quiet. <laughs> Seeing Jesus from a distance, now this is important, he ran up and bowed down before him and shouting with a loud voice, he said, what business do you have with me? Now understand, this is not the man speaking, this is the demons speaking through the man, all right? Says that Jesus, what, what business do you have with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you, by God, do not torment me. Now, it kind of goes in reverse order because Jesus actually, uh, if we read down in verse 9, you'll understand it. So it's kind of going in reverse order. And he said, for he had already been saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, what is your name? And he said to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the region. Demons are territorial. They're regional. They don't like to leave regions. Why is it in certain locations, certain cities, certain areas, in different states, even nations, why is it that there are specific types of spirits that function? Or why is it there's such a, there's an iniquity, there's a bent towards specific types of sins in different areas? Are y'all tracking with me tonight? Now, listen, I have prayed that God would expedite your understanding, open the eyes of your heart to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you tonight because I want to be free. I don't want to be bound in any way, so I want to be free. So they're saying, don't, don't cast us out of this region. We want to stay. Now, if you dig back far enough, you'll understand that the Gerasenes or the, or the area of Gadara is actually connected to the tribe of Gad. Now, where did the tribe of Gad settle? On the other side of the Jordan, which was not on the right side. They stayed on the wrong side. 
They never fully entered into the promise. Therefore, because they were unwilling to walk into promise, it opened them up for what? Now we'll read it. Listen what's about to take place. And it says that now there was a large herd of, of pigs feeding on the mountain, and the demons begged him, saying, send us into the pigs that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission and commanded, uh, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down to the steep bank into the sea in 2000, and they were drowned in the sea. Hence, we get deviled ham. All right, the herdsmen ran away. I'm just seeing if anybody's awake. All right, we're moving on. That's corny preacher jokes, so stupid. We'll keep moving. And then they came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed in his right mind, the very man who had previously had the legion, and they became frightened. How dysfunctional, twisted, and upside down was this nation? Because you neglected the presence of God, now you see somebody that has been fully delivered, and now you're saying, get, let's get out of here. Get that man out of here. You're not, you're not the same person. This is crazy, right? How, how messed up do you have to be, right? Goes on to say in uh, verse 16, those who had seen it described uh, to them how it had happened to the demon-possessed man and all, and all about the pigs. And they begin to beg him to leave. The, Jesus, get out of here, please. Don't stay here. We don't want you here. Who says that? Who does that? And as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was begging him that he might come with him. And he would not let him, but he said, you go home to your people and report to them the great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. Now, I want to kind of back up and take just a few things out of these stories as I walk into my focus of tonight, because tonight I'm talking about deliverance, and really with a more emphasis under the influence. That's what I want to talk about. Really, deliverance part one and under the influence of, all right? So before we do, I, I, wanna, I want you to understand there's, there's different interpretations or meanings in the Greek of salvation. You know, the New, the, the New Testament was written in Greek, and, uh, and Brother Jim can tell you that, that the Greek language is very colorful, and, and just because we say we love somebody or love something, it carries, di- we, we have different, it has different meanings, but, but we only have one word to really describe. Like, there's a difference between saying, I love pizza and I love my wife. There's a complete, well, there should be, all right? <laughs> But there should be a different meaning. In the Greek, there's different meanings for the word. So when, when we read something and it's translated for us to read in English, it doesn't, you have to dig more than what you see on the surface of the word to really find the true meaning of what the word really means. Is this going to be too deep for us tonight on a Wednesday night? All right. I hope you can get it. So one of the words for salvation, and I, I, I use the one that's all-inclusive, but it's, it's the Greek word that means, uh, it's an all-inclusive word that signifies forgiveness, healing, prosperity, deliverance, safety, liberation, and restoration. So that's one of the meanings of salvation. So many people say, well, I got saved. Well, what does that really mean? Because to, to truly be saved, it, it, it's, I think it's, a, I think it's a, tripart, a tripartite meaning. It's a threefold meaning because, yes, I'm saved. I'm getting out of hell. So my spirit is saved. I'm not going to hell. But then my soul is being saved, right? Because the soul is the fight. It's where the, it's where we're ta- it's where the battle takes place is between the ears. And then my physical body will be saved. So I'm saved in spirit. 
being, uh, being saved right now, I'm saved in spirit, being saved right now in my soul and my physical body will be, when Jesus comes back in a twinkling of an eye, this body is going to go from incorruption to, uh, or from corruption to incorruption, it's going to be perfect. So it will be saved, right? So salvation entails, but not just that, God wants you in, he wants you to prosper emotionally. That's what the scripture talks about. Beloved, I wish above all else you would prosper and be in health just as your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions would prosper. What, what comes to torment the mind? Well, fear does. What's the root of fear? Something's attached to that. Let me, let me say this. If you're hearing voices, God, help me to navigate tonight. If you're hearing voices, understand, well, something told me to do this. Anything that speaks and has a voice is a person. You got me? Anything you hear that speaks, it's a person. If it has a voice, it's a person. You don't get anything else? Get that tonight. What are you listening to? So most believers that sit in our church seats, especially in Western Christianity, in, West, in America, we have created a gospel that is so, at times, well, we don't want to approach and broach subjects that might scare people and freak people out and, and offend people because we, don't, well, we just want them to be comfortable. Where in Scripture does the gospel ever say that God signed up to make you comfortable or you signed up to become comfortable? I'm not saying that you don't live in peace because Jesus becomes my peace. Come on, are you with me tonight? Man, I'm going to war against this rain tonight. I know it's just like, it sounds like our noisemaker right now. So, um, But let me ask you a question. Is it possible? Is it possible for a believer to be in bondage? Is it possible? Well, we do freedom groups. We have those that do sozos, and I'm not getting into that tonight. That's very powerful. But for those that really truly need that inner deep, Deliverance, and I'm talking about deliverance tonight, but is it possible for a believer to be saved but enslaved? Yes. Now, take it off a bite at a time. If I don't get through it, it's fine. We'll close it. And we'll go and process, but I'm encouraging you to read the scriptures. In Mark 5, 9, let's just kind of make sure that we're understanding the fullness of what's happening in the story here. Mark 5, 9, the, 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 the man or the demon in the man says, we are legion. Now, many of us know, well, that's, that's a multitude of demons. Well, what really is a legion? Well, in, in, a, in, that, in that time, a Roman legion was 6,826 soldiers. What did this man get involved with? Or could it be better yet, what did future generation or previous generations, because there's a, such a thing, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you folks, first off, is there are demons, there is a devil. There is a hell. Satan doesn't have power over you if you are a believer, and if you think he does, then guess what? And Satan's not at your house fighting all the time, by the way. He's, he's working something, but he's not omnipresent, okay? And it's not God versus Satan. God could just, and he's done. Just with a breath, he's done. And Satan doesn't have as much power as you think he does because the Lord, in the end, when you read Revelation, he sends one angel. And he throws him into the pit. He didn't send a whole host of angels, one. That's, what, that's, that's his future, right? He's been defeated. He has no feet. I'm just checking to see if you're awake, all right? 
The subtle moments, checking everything. Really corny, I got it. I know, I know, I know. So a legion is 6,826. How crazy. Man. And they're all in him. There, there is a, he, is, he is possessed. In, in verse 20, we see the scripture, the capitalist. That's not, that's not a city. That is a group of 10 cities. And within that area would have been consisted of Gadara or the Gerasenes, Philadelphia, and Damascus, among seven other cities. He is in a region where Jesus knows what he's doing when he sends him back clean in his right mind because he understands, I'm going to release him, and he's going to go preach the gospel. Look what, you know what the gospel is? What Jesus do for you? That's the gospel. Good news. This is what he's done for me. Let me tell you what he can do for you. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. So he doesn't permit the man to go with him, but he releases him into Decapolis, into the area of 10, of 10 cities. Now, 61 times demons are mentioned by Jesus. Now, my focus is not demons tonight. Now, it's, it's on deliverance, but you have to know that they are real. They're not a figment of your imagination. They are real. I've encountered some. We went to the Philippines. We had uh, different scenarios where we were casting demons out of, of kids. And guess what? This is going to mess with you. They were saved. They were saved. Talked with, and I, I, I'll get to it in a moment. I know it messes with you. But could it be that many of us have been coming to church over and over? We've repented. We have fasted, we are praying, we're reading scripture, we're tithing, we're doing everything that we know to do, but we're stuck and we're in bondage and we can't figure out how to break free from it. And what if tonight, this is the open door, if you'll see it and understand it, what I've got going on with me has nothing to do, has nothing to do with what, it, 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 there, there's bondage, there's chains. So how do I break free, Pastor AJ? You got to talk to me because I, I'm, I'm bound by lust and next week I'll, be, I'll go deeper and I'll talk about specific demons and, and things of that nature because they all have a name. What their name is is what they do. My name is AJ, but that's not what I do, right? Their name is what they do, Okay. Is this revelation anybody? I mean, it's okay if it is, but I, I like to know, is this revelation for anybody? This is not, and, and, and let me just tell you something. We're coming into a season, and I don't care. You call me old school all day long, baby. I don't care. But do not, don't buy into what's happening right now. You know what? Over this past couple of weeks, slowly, we have been removing, we've been getting rid of, rid of things that it was like, oh, wait a second, That's, that could be an open door. Let's close it. That could be an open door. Let's close it. Let's, let's get that out of the house. Let's deal with that. We're coming into the Halloween season. This is no joke. Halloween is no joke. It's not something to wink your, oh, it's all good. We'll dress up and we'll go do this. I'm just telling you. I'm one of those guys that will tell you, don't play with this. Do not play with this season. It, 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 it's a season where um, I was talking with a friend of mine. He's from, uh, from, from the Jackson campus. And he says, there's so much, there's people that go missing around this time, around that area. I'm not going to get deep into that because I don't want to tell all those stories. But, but there's people that go missing around this time and this season of the year simply because human sacrifice. This is not something small, okay? This is not, it's great when we take our kids trick or treat, trick or treating, okay? Anyway, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting into that because I probably just offended some people. But that's, I'm, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Don't play with this. 
Anything that, 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 that moves in that vein, sorcery, magic, tarot card reading, uh, uh, witches and warlocks, hocus pocus. Yeah, I watched it as a kid and I loved it, but then I, whenever my eyes were opened up to really, okay, wait a second. You know, it's like, okay, I gotta, I've got to repent from these things and remove these things from my life. You, I'm telling you, it, it's, not, it's not old school. It's protection of your soul. You open a door. Listen, think about somebody that opens the door to pornography. They're going to spend the rest of their lives shutting that door and making sure things are going to, because the devil doesn't like to turn you loose. You play with it. You're petty with it. Ah, it's, it'll be all right just one time. You open that door, and you'll spend the rest of your life trying to shut, just like someone that starts smoking, someone that starts drinking, someone that starts to partake of things that you know is not healthy for you. Do not open those doors. I'm, I'm not saying certain things won't send you to hell. All I'm telling you is if you, ha- if you open these doors, you talk to whoever you want to, you'll spend the rest of your life trying to keep them shut. God can deliver you. You can be free. That's the good news about this. A lot of Jesus' ministry consisted of casting out demons. Why? Because up until he came, nobody had the authority this man had. And then he delegates it to the 12, and then he delegates it to 72. So people that say, well, it was just with the apostles. They have that power. They have that authority to heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, all that, all that stuff. No, no, no. Well, then he calls 72 more. And he said, I'm delegating to you authority. Now you go speak the word. And by the way, I'm still, I've read through the Gospels, and unless you can tell me any different, I have not found a place where Jesus once begins to pray for the sick. All he does is sometimes they touched him and they got healed. Sometimes he touches them and doesn't do nothing but declare a word, and they're healed. I'm not saying that we don't pray for the sick. I'm just saying that is authority. It's the exousia authority in Greek that means delegated power that by the spoken word, things happen in a moment. That's what the church should be possessing. I'm not saying it happens with the individuals, but the whole of the church, when we gather and we pray, guess what? We manifest the power of healing as Jesus spoke it. Let it be done when we agree together, right? All right, I'll keep moving. But nobody had authority over demons until Jesus shows up on the scene. We don't see this because you hear him saying, by what authority does he preach the way that he preaches? By what authority do you cast out demons? That's what it said. At one point, Jesus says, you know the kingdom has come near if I cast out demons by the finger of God. That's what he mentions in Scripture. So it was a part of his everyday ministry. So let's take a moment right here, and I, I, I want to talk about what are they? What are we dealing with? What are these demons that we're dealing with? And the first thing is that they're fallen angels. Remember back whenever, well, it's actually before Genesis, we see, well, I would think somewhere between Genesis 1 and maybe Genesis 2 or maybe pre-Genesis, but Satan or Lucifer himself says, I will exalt myself above God. Pride. By the way, if you don't know that you have pride, talk to God about it and say, God, do I, is there, forgive me of pride. I'm asking you to, because pride is a nasty spirit. It is. It's not an attitude. It's a manifestation of something that will get within your attitude. Well, this is just the way that I am. Maybe you're justifying what you're trying to keep. And I'm not saying what or maybe who you're trying to keep. Maybe you're trying to justify pride to stay and live. Well, what is pride? I don't believe it's just an attitude. I believe it's a spirit. I do, 100%. So what are they? They're fallen angels. We see that in Luke 10, and I'm not going to read that right now, but Luke 10, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I believe it kind of speaks to two different things in my personal opinion. 
as they went about and started casting out devils, healing the sick and doing those things, it kicked the authority because, again, maybe I need to save this for a different message. We understand that there is the earth, the atmosphere that we walk in. This is called the terrestrial. This is the first heaven we see with our eyes, and, and that's why we don't, we don't engage with supernatural forces that are beyond our authority, which is in the second heaven. Are y'all with me? Second heaven warfare, because when, Kate, when Satan got kicked out of heaven, he, he fell into a place where there's demonic principalities and powers. Here, rank and file is in the kingdom of darkness. So you have principalities, powers, mights, and dominions. Well, what is that? That's rank and file. All right, principalities rule over regions. You read in the book of Daniel, whenever uh, Daniel began to pray, and it says the moment he began to pray, an angel was sent, but he got caught up with the what? Anybody know your scripture? The prince of Persia. Wasn't a physical man. He got caught up with a demonic principality and was in warfare in that second heaven because we know the third heaven is the heaven of heavens, which belongs to the Lord, as Psalm says, but he said the earth I've given to man. That's why... You need to agree with God in prayer. People say, slow down, AJ. People read the scripture, and I've done it before. Precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints or his godly ones. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I, I think so, but you know what that word actually means? Precious means costly. God needs you here. He doesn't need you there yet. We know we have a time. We're, our assignment is not to get to heaven. Our assignment is to rule the earth as sons and daughters under the unction of the Holy Ghost, led by the Spirit of God, and delegating his authority on the planet that choose to serve him out of love and not of I have to. So your assignment is not to get to heaven. Your assignment is to bring that atmosphere everywhere that you go, wherever I walk into. When you, it's, it's interesting whenever you're overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, and it can be because you're hosting him everywhere that you go. It's interesting when you walk into certain atmospheres, get around certain people. We've always heard it said, you, your Holy Ghost offends their, their evil demons, right? We've heard that said. That's true. That is true. You're in immediate conflict because darkness absolutely loathes and hates light. So when you carry this, and we do carry it, the scripture says in John 3, 36, I believe, 34, 36, that the spirit of the Lord rested upon Jesus without measure. It didn't say we couldn't. We get faith in a measure, right? We get faith in a measure. We function and operate in faith, and that grows, but the Spirit of God can come on our lives without measure. I believe that. You have as much of God as you want right now. How much are you willing to consecrate yourself so that you can see these things take place? So Daniel prays, and it took 21 days before the angel could get to him. And then he calls for help for Michael, the warring angel that comes and breaks loose. And they go back to war after he receives the answer. So maybe your angel is coming with an answer and maybe he's caught up in warfare and maybe you don't need to give up after two hours of prayer or 20 minutes of prayer because the answer's coming, but you gotta contend. Can I get an amen tonight? <laughs> Anybody? I hope this is good because I can't tell. <laughs> I was raised Pentecostal and I gotta have an amen and sometimes I, I don't know. So anyway, fallen angels, there are a third of them fell. A third of them fell when Satan was kicked out of heaven because of his pride. That means two-thirds 
He lost. He gathered a third. That means there's two thirds. So for every one demon, there's two against them for me. So we still win. We don't command angels. I don't believe that for one bit. You've heard me say this before, but we can pray. Father, I pray that you would release, dispatch the warring angels to surround me today. Release and dispatch your ministering angels, your healing angels. I believe I'm going to acknowledge them. I've learned that, and there's been times in prayer that I, I, I just know, I know that I know that I know they're in the room, and they're walking with me. But that, you, you figure that out. You pray, maybe figure that out. So here, here's, here's what we do with those. We, we're not afraid of them. Um, because in Jesus' name, that's actually through the relationship and the intimacy of walking and knowing him, or as the scripture says, gnosis. It's a, it's a word that, that, that denotes the intimate connection with him, the gnosis word, Matthew 7, 21, when he says, I didn't know you, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, you worked lawlessness. I never knew you well. You functioned and did the signs, wonders, and miracles, but there was no intimacy here between you and I. That type of connection and relationship that invites me into an authority that as I speak over these, and when I remember that I was in the Philippines and there's this one young little boy that God was really touching to begin with and all of a sudden he started manifesting. And I remember leaning over to Pastor Sherry and I said, he's manifesting. She said, yep. So I went down, he was standing up. I laid my hands on his head and he just wilted and hit the floor. And I leaned him into his ear and I said, I'm commanding you. I didn't scream. I kind of had to holler a little bit because the music was loud. Filipinos play loud, man. Y'all think it's loud? You ain't got a clue. But I leaned over and I just simply said, I command you in Jesus' name, come out. And immediately his body just fell limp. Now he was saved. I talked to his youth pastor, the young man that we know he was saved. But yet something in that moment caused him to begin to manifest. All right, I got it. Does that confuse anybody? It's okay if it does, because I want to help you walk through this. All right? Evil spirits, demons are disembodied spirits. They're looking for a body. If they're on the planet, they're here unauthorized. They have to have a body or else that's why the demons are in the region uh, uh, and, and they, the, the, they speak to the man and says, let us go into the pigs, right? So if people are wondering, yes, animals can be possessed. That's what the scripture says. I don't know. I mean, they go into pigs. So some of y'all probably met some of those. We have one right now. I'm not for sure what that is. Sometimes I think it's great joy, and sometimes I think it's like great torment. I don't know what that is. So anyway, but demons look for bodies. They're looking for something. that They need that. They need a host. We talk about hosting the presence of God. The Spirit of the Lord wants to rest upon us, but demons need hosts. And, and, and they'll attach whatever, whatever door you open for them, they'll enter in. You with me? So this word in the scripture, you can look it up yourself. The word in the scripture uh, that, that says that the man was demon possessed, they had possessed and entered the man's body, not his soul or his spirit. It was in his body. You can't be, demons are real. You can't be skeptical or superstitious, all right? So skeptical is, I just don't think. I think they were real in Jesus' day, but I don't think they're real now. But you also can't be superstitious to think, well, there's a demon under every rock. Uh, probably under every, every other one, but 
<laughs> but not under every rock. So you, you can't be so superstitious as to believe that they're everywhere. But on the other side, you have to find your way, let the pendulum swing right into the middle and know. And that's why discernment is so much needed in the body of Christ. Sometimes maybe we're trying to counsel something that needs to be cast out. Sometimes we open the doors through previous generations. I know that that was open for my family. My grandmother practiced black magic. Y'all have heard me tell this testimony before. She had the books and everything, and, and it's interesting. Some weird things happened within my family, some very dysfunctional side of my family uh, on my father's side. Now, my father came out of that, but I still think that it's important that you have to learn how to break. Hear what I'm about to tell you. You've got to learn how to break generational curses. If you play with, there's people that thought, thought that Ouija boards was harmless. Right? Well, I, I call the psychic one. I, I'm just telling you, there was a couple of times, like you'd be up late at night, and I don't know who it was. Um, um, I don't know. Mama so-and-so, she'd be on whatever. It's like, man, I want, I'd just like to see if this is real. Thank God I never did. But so many people have engaged in that. The Bible is specifically clear. If you've done that, you, it's simple. You repent. God, forgive me for opening that door and allowing a demon to dictate what my future is going to look like, right? Here, here's something for you. Demons don't like to leave families. We, we call them familiar spirits because they're family spirits that track from one generation to the next generation. You want to you know why you're struggling with what you're struggling with? Maybe because that it, it was dad and maybe it was grandpa and great-grandpa. Or maybe, maybe, maybe there, is, there is a spirit of division that does not want to release itself from you. So you find yourself, well, we're divorced and they're divorced and they got divorced. And because it's a spirit of division that just tracks from one generation. I get it. It's deep. But I'm just telling you, demons don't want to die. They forbid us not to leave the region, forbid us not to live the home, leave the home, leave the family, that you can cast us out for the time, but we're going to go find something. Guess what happens? If you, if you have a, a demon that has been removed from your life or a bondage that has been there, and we try, oh, it's just a weakness of mine. If the son makes you free, and you're free indeed, I'm not saying we don't sin. But if you find yourself in a perpetual sin cycle, that every three weeks you've got to feed that thing. Something just take, I just, I'm overcoming. I just had to do it. Well, what do you think that is? But Pastor AJ, I'm saved. We're not saying you're not. But there's something that's got a hold of your thoughts, something that's got a hold, and it's enticing you. And you can't break free from it. Come on, somebody, I'm talking to you tonight. I know that this is something you might not have ever heard, taught, or preached about tonight, but this is the message of the gospel. Jesus is not talking in the section of John 8. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to believers that were bound in problems and bondage and, and, and enslaved by demonic strongholds. It's got to break. I'm going to stop there. I'm not taking it any further, but I do want to pray. We'll continue part two next week, but what I want us to do is stand to your feet right now. now I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm telling you, this thing goes so much deeper. But Savannah Campus, we are in revival, and it doesn't look like anything some of you experienced in, in Brownsville. Maybe you went to Toronto. Maybe it doesn't look like anything you've ever experienced, but we are in it right now. Because of the level of warfare that's taking place right now across the board with many of the leaders, what we've experienced as pastors, things that we're seeing, there is a move of the Holy Ghost right now. And we're wanting to steward the best that we can, but Savannah Campus for you, as we jump into the focus of deliverance, I'm asking you, 
Now at this time, we can drop the lights, Quentin. (laughs) Typically, we leave them up. But what I'm asking you, is there an area of your life that, that you're in bondage and you can't see it broke? And you don't want to do that thing. You don't want to go back and and do that same thing over and over and over again, but you cannot seem to break free. And I promise you, I'm going to take you and talk more about it next next Wednesday night. But you, you 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 want to start? You want to see it happen? You want to see it broke? Come on, bow your heads right now. Is that anybody right now? I see hands going up. Come on, believer. Listen, I, I understand you. The first step to seeing something broken in your life is to completely, hey, I've, I've got something, Pastor AJ. It's, there's no shame in this house. There's nobody judging you. Nay, no, I'm not going to judge you because guess what? I've faced the same stuff. I don't want to see cycle. I don't want to see a sin cycle anymore in my life that I can't seem to break free. Come stand. Just come stand right up here up front. Anybody else? Now, what I will tell you, let me be pastor for just a moment. What I will tell you, Savannah, the Lord can't break what you're unwilling to confess. Chains can't break what you're willing to keep hidden. You understand? As we, move, I'm just telling you, let me be pastor for a moment. And I'm honest because even this week, I, I was in this room, and I, I'm just, I, there was something in my life that I, I've been struggling to see it broken over my life, and literally, on Monday morning, this thing was, or excuse me, Tuesday morning, this thing broke, and I felt it release. You have to be willing to be honest and say, God, I've got this, and you've got you to repent of it, you got to release it. In that sense of confessing it to God, saying exactly what he says about it. I'm telling you, I'll take you a step further next next Wednesday night. But you have to be willing to deal with it. A lot of times people are so prideful to say and admit that I have anything going on inside of me. You'll never be free. You can't. He wants you free. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.